Welcome to the Everton Open podcast. My name is John. I'm joined by Andrew, Lee, and Shane, and we're just going to do a little Arsenal preview. But first, we're going to start off with Farhad Mashiri. Um, it's seven years to the day yesterday since he took over Everton or bought shares in the club. Um, since then, we've seen eight permanent managers, three directors of football. We've spent forty million pounds hiring and firing those guys in the staff. Um, you know, we've seen the board become the second highest paid in the league. Zero trophies, two relegation battles, you know, an average, average league finish of 10th. And we've just gone down and down ever since. Um, Andrew, I'll start with you. May Farhad Mashiri's tenure as the Everton owner, what would you rate it out of 10? Do you accept numbers below zero? <laughs> yes, we will. <laughs> okay, uh, I'm going to go with a negative four. Yeah. Uh, only because maybe... Tons of money will start rolling in once the stadium's done. Mm. And then I'll give him a two. Yeah. That happens. That's being but generous. I mean, it, so part of the pitch that my friend gave me when I was looking for a Premier League team to support, he's like, well, you know, Everton were always really scrappy and on the verge of contendership. Mm. And now we've got our billionaires. So Everton will be like a hipster pick for 2024. Yeah. And that was actually what he said. I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. That sounds kind of good. I like the, you know, the fan base is really what I'm gelling with, mm. you know, the identity, the passion and still got that, but the billionaire hasn't really done fuck all has he? Yeah, that's true. It seems to me that Everton is more of a money laundering operation for managers than anything else. It, it, it could be, you know, it's starting. We've seen all these conspiracies floating around and you, you know what? You, you wouldn't throw any of them out the window at the moment. They're, they're all legit. Like, um, Lee, what about you, mate? What do you make of his tenureship? We know obviously you're very active in the campaigns and such. So how, how would you uh, sum up Mashiri's seven years? Um, trying to figure out the right words. Yes. Shocking is being polite. I don't want to sound like go too far, but yeah, it's just it's well, I said it in the chat before abject failure. Yeah, that's exactly what he's done. He's promised us, promised us a lot and delivered on very little. There's only one thing that he's well, half delivered on so far, and that's mm-hmm. that lovely looking stadium on Bramley Moor Dock. Yeah. Oh. On everything else, I mean, even going back as little as three weeks ago, promises a striker, we will get one. Yeah, his words, not mine. Yeah, I mean, did he get stuck in John Lennon Airport or something? I, I still haven't seen no striker. No, it's, it's just yeah, it's just one bad decision after another, and it's just snowballed into a second relegation on the run now. Yeah, and their failings at ballroom level have massively impacted hmm. certainly the last three the last four managers haven't been able to spend the money that the previous four managers were able to spend yeah so we just went from one bad decision to another yeah, and yeah. it doesn't seem like there's been any contingency plan or anyone just going hang on, let's pull the brakes on this. Mm. This gung-ho approach isn't working for the last three years. Yeah. Let's put a stop to it. They just carried on. Yeah, they did, yeah. And you feel like, you know, once they got round to this strategic review, first of all, they didn't do it comprehensively. It was all done in-house and everything. And yeah. second of all, it could be too late. Um, Shane, what about you, mate? Eight permanent managers, three directors of football. How do you feel about Mashiri's ownership? Um, well, the only 
I think the only thing you can don't know if the uh, if commend is the word, but it's just literally the pure cash flow that he's put in. He hasn't known what to do with it, and we've completely, you know, fluffed up the wall sort of thing. But he has put the money into the club, and then the other thing being, like Lee said, the stadium. Um, but like you say, there's just been no plan, no execution of it. Um, and then after those seven years, we're still we're further back than what we were when he come in. Yeah, which is yeah. it just feels like a uh, like a broken promise sort of thing because hmm. you know, like Andrew said, when he's been you know advised on who to support sort of thing when he's coming into it, it's like we we were on the verge of what we thought the thing missing was the money. Yeah. We needed that injection and we got that and there was just no plan. Uh like you say, that amount of managers, yeah, it's you no know, sporting directors. Mm. Um we've gone through them and, and just nothing's worked. So yeah, that he's put the money in but there's been no no plan, which is the yeah the whole the whole and soul of why it's not worked and now like Graham said, uh, you know, umpteen times it's we we've had no plan with that money, but now yeah. for other clubs we are the blueprints, we are the plan not to yeah. follow with what they're doing and what they're spending. Yeah, hundred percent. Um he it, spends it his seemed... time like cosplaying like Premier yeah. League owner. He's so easily swayed by the worst people like Ken Wright, like fucking yeah. Kia like uh, Abramovich, which I feel like was Abramovich just having a fun time messing with him. Yeah. Cause that's how he got Rafa was mm-hmm. the, you know, bond villain meeting on two super yachts yep. in Sardinia. <laughs> just like, Oh yeah. Rafa was great 20 years ago. Yeah, It'll be awesome exactly. for you. Let's not take into consideration his success level, let alone his heritage, mm. but let's just say what, where has he been? What has he been doing? Well, yeah. so I, I just, it's the worst possible guy to not have cleaned house when he came in. Yeah, absolutely. That that's what it boils down to. Um, it, if I was to rate him, I would go on a minus five somewhere around there, just because of the whole Rafa Benitez thing. I I can't believe he actually put the fans through that. You know, I I cannot believe that he thought it was a good idea to appoint Rafa Benitez as the manager. That that's just shocking. On top of everything else, you know, why why would you leave the board intact and not bring your own guys in? It's like you know, you, you go into a house that's it's made fairly solid. It's got good foundations, and you just start fucking breaking the walls down for nothing. Like that's what he's done, and just destroyed the foundations that were already there. It feels like it's harder to do that than actually, you know, pull us in the right direction. It's it's such a strange thing. Like he, you know, two relegation battle, battles now in in his seven years, and it's just not good enough. Like we've got the lowest points per game this season that we had in our entire history and the lowest goals per game that we've had in our entire history this season also. So we've also scored the least amount of goals in all four professional divisions in this country. Yeah. Yeah. Do we get a trophy for that? I hope so. You'll never Um, sing that. Yeah. (laughs) Jesus. Um, yeah, well, let's move on to Arsenal then, because I just get angry talking about Farhad Mashiri, to be fair, especially after that interview we done, you know, a couple of weeks back with Jazz Bal. Um, he's just full of fluff, really. That's the kindest way to put it. So, just, uh, just, just, 
Yeah, come on, mate. quick to touch on something that we said coming out the ground on Saturday. You know, is one of his, his very first quote was, we don't want to be a museum. Yeah. Well, you turned us into a fucking morgue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's true. He's destroyed us. Um, but it again, it, it just doesn't make sense. Like, how, how have you earned your billions or millions and, and whatever you've been doing previously? And, you know, it doesn't matter if you don't know anything about that business. You still make sure that if your money's on the line, you make sure you get the right people in place that are not going to lose your money. It's just weird. Like, the whole situation is weird. It makes me think, like, he's just fluked his way to those billions of pounds. Do you know what I mean? Or done something dodgy to get there because he seems to have no clue how to run a football club. Do you know what I mean? It, it's just weird. Um, but, yeah, we'll just move on to Arsenal then. And obviously, Calvert Lewin is still out. Sean Dyche said in the press conference he's 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 recovering, but there's no time scale. Um, Andrew, he was touch and go for the derby, and that was about three weeks ago now. So it's um, it's just, I'm I'm getting fed up with talking about Calvert Lewin. Don't know about you. Yeah, I mean, I don't expect to see him for the rest of the season. If I'm honest, like I'm just yeah. kind of over it. I want him to do well for us, for anyone. Um, I like the guy. I like that he you know, has his own character, his own way of being. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that, you know, unless he did his ACL doing a runway show in stilettos, mm-hmm. I don't give a shit what his extracurriculars are because it has yeah. not affected his football. The board no. has affected his football. Yeah. So I, I hope he does well, but I, if he shows up at any point in the next three months, I'll be shocked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't get injuries being into fashion. Just want to put that out there. It's that people are going on like it's his fault, Lee. It's, you know, he's been badly let down by the board, as Andrew said. It's clearly not his fault. Yeah. Well, I heard something as well that um, it, Rafa tried to bring him back far too early. Yeah. Um, that's what done it. I mean, that injury, I mean, no one knew at the time, besides the people at Everton, but that, that injury could have ruined, well, could have ended his career. Yeah. And if you get an injury like that, you you leave no stone unturned in making sure that that person is a hundred percent able to come back. Yeah. And because of the situation we found ourselves in, the lack of cash Benitez got to spend, you can sort of half understand it, but then we didn't realise the extent of the injury. Benitez would have known. Yeah. So it's on it's on the board and a lot of it's on Benitez for bringing him back. Far too early. Mm. He felt like, you know, Benitez, he actually got rid of the whole physio staff and brought his own guys in. And he, for whatever reason, he thought he knew better than the physio staff that were already there. Obviously, we've, we, we, ha- we were having loads of injuries, so our success rate wasn't very good to begin with. But he's just completely destroyed what was left of Calvert-Lewin. Shane, that's another reason why, you know, I think... Mishiri's ownership has been so bad because he allowed Benitez to do stuff like that. Yeah. Um, it's just every time he's he's been injured, we're rushing him back that quick and it's it's just ill-advised sort of thing. And, yeah. You know, it's... it's uh, I feel like at this point, I'm I'm just, you know, stabbing in the dark, but I, I feel like it could be like, a, like the Santo situation. Yeah, I feel like it could be like a like a mental thing. It could be like um, mm. and the way Sancho, but differences again is the club and the manager coming out and speaking about stuff like that and telling you outright he's not ready, he's not coming back, and you won't see him. 
Yeah. He's, or he's training on his own or whatever. Like the you know, the transparency is like night and day sort of thing with that sort of stuff with other clubs. Yeah. Um but it was that I, I, I sent into the chat earlier, like the, the goal contributions of players and like seeing that like over the past two seasons he's made thirty appearances on starting and off the bench. Yeah. And he's only he's only he's only scored nine times. So it's like you know, I, I love the lad and I love him as a player, I love that type of cycle, but then it, it just shows how far back we've gone that we're hanging our hopes on a striker to come back. That's not even, you know, he's just about scoring one in three games and, and, yeah. and we're holding this lad up to such pressure and such high hopes uh, because of the lack of talent and the mm. lack of power we've got up front um, that, you know, on a play with those stats and stuff that yep. we're that we're wanting this lad to come back and I think for me now like Andrew I, I if he didn't come back for the rest of the season I wouldn't be surprised and I don't think we can myself yeah. as myself as well uh, can keep open that you know after each game that Dice is going to come out and say he's back next week because mm. I think like we've said before as well we've just got a plan for the future with. Uh, Plan for the future without Calvert Lewin. Yeah. As, and that's not me saying I want him out the club. That's just me being realistic with, like I say, over the past two seasons, the yeah. lack of games he's had. That as a club we need to look forward, but then it's hard when yeah. you've got the, you know, we're now relying on Sims and Mopai up front. Yeah. Which is why, you know, January was so, so important. Um, it it looks like it's damned us. It really does. Um, Andrew and and this stat in particular, we we had the most touches in an opposition penalty area at the weekend there against Aston Villa. Um, it's going to be a different game versus Arsenal, isn't it? Yeah, um, especially because they're no longer flying. They're back in a fight. They're not yeah. eight points clear like they were when they came to Goodison. Yeah, and we generally don't do great at the Emirates. Mm. So um. I'm not excited for this one at all, no. but that also that touch in the opposition's box. I wonder if that's per player or per like boot touching ball, because if so, that was 100% Ducore just trying to get it <laughs> unfucked out from under his feet. Yeah. Pinball shins. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So Lee, how, how would you see us setting up them mates? Because um, what, do we, what do we need to do to get something out of this? Um, and, and do you think Onana should be, used a bit higher up as a target man because that seems to be what we were doing against Aston Villa. We were kind of launching the ball up to him, but at the same time, neither him or the Corey looked anywhere comfortable in up and in around the box. So so what would you do? How would you set up? Well me personally I would go with Sims and Gray. Have Gray as your third midfielder dropping in. I know he's not he's not known for his defensive work, but that extra body in there mm. and he is quick. Um but I think Dice will go with the same formula that beat Arsenal. I mean, which in a way you can see because it's worked against them once. Mm. That doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work again. Yeah. But he hasn't really changed it much in the four games he's been in charge. So with this big of a game and being away from home, I can't see him changing it too much. Yeah. I think... I think Sims might start instead of Mopai. I think that'll be, if he is to make a change, if there's no injuries, mm. I think that'll be the one change. But I personally would like to see Gray come in as well. 
Wasn't yeah. Dom in for the first Arsenal game though? Yeah, he was. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, it was Dom, and then he switched it to Sims, didn't he? And then mm. Mopai's played the last two. Well, started the last two anyway. Yeah, yeah. It's um, Shane. Do you feel like it would be more of the same from Dice with that five in midfield? Because do you feel like if he goes four four two, we'll just get swamped in midfield with their passing and their ability to break the lines. Yeah, that that. You know, as much as uh, I'd like to see Sims on Mopai up front, mm. uh, if, it, if it was me, I'd have, uh, after last game, uh, and just the inconsistency, I'd probably put, um, I'd like to see Gray out wide instead of Awobi. I've yeah. McNeil on the left and then Mopai up front with Sims, but then I don't think we can rely enough on either Onana Decore or Onana Gay mm. or, you know, any, any of those formulations uh, um, but yeah I think it'll probably be more of the same um, yeah. just sort of sticking to his gun he hasn't really got much other options to go with Yeah. Um, the thing that worries me most about the game uh, even though you just said there as well which is another worry obviously is the midfield because now they've got um, you know Odegaard, Jorginho mm-hmm. um, and Party. As well yeah. as the players they can bring in, uh, is is that Michelangelo Saka sad? Uh, I think yeah. Coleman's probably playing some of his best football he's played in a couple of years. So yeah. I don't really I, I I trust him to keep hold of Martinelli or whoever starts on the left. But yeah, that that left side, um, but our left side worries me. Yeah, definitely. I would uh, trust to hope and invert the wingers and just leather them from distance and just hope that there's a mistake in there. Um, yeah. Because that's how Gray did him last season. And McNeil has that in him. He just pulls it out very, very rarely. Yeah. And since we can't seem to redirect headers accurately, fuck it. Mm. Let's say just yeah. switch them up and just launch shots and see what happens. Yeah, it's, it's not a bad show, to be fair. Um, me personally, I, I don't know why... Like this, even though we've got three in the in the very heart of midfield, the Corey Gay and Onana with McNeil and the be either side, I feel like the lines were still getting broken and they were passing buyers too easily, especially against Villa. You know, the Corey was caught trying to press and they just literally just pass it round them, take one step to the side, pass it round them, and they were more or less in. So I don't know why we just don't go with a four-two-three-one and just have Iwobi behind. You know, maybe Mopai or Sims, and then put Gray out on the on the left. I, I think two holding midfielders like Gay and Onana would be pretty solid. I don't think you need the Corey in there because it just confuses things, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, we'll move on to the defense actually because Andrew Connor Cody for that for Aston Villa's second goal, he gets absolutely rinsed. Um, he gets caught flat-footed. He just breezes by him, and he gets the shot away with absolute ease. So. What would you do with him? Would you put Yerry Mina in for a game like this and just try and wind them up? What I would do is push Tarky to the right. Yeah. Put uh, Godfrey in the left and then sub Mina on later as the windup, kind of like Mopa was used against them yeah, last yeah. game. Yeah. Um, I think you'll need Godfrey's pace to cover Saka with Mikalenko. Yeah. Um, 
And that's what I would do personally. I don't think Cody is trustworthy at all right now. And it's so messed up mm. because of all the things that we, you would expect to happen. If I told you before the season, we're going to have Frank Lappard and Sean Dyche. We will get more touches in the opposition botch, box mm. under Dyche. We will botch them. That's different. Um, <laughs> and Cody will be a worse defender under Dyche than he was yep. under Lampard. Like, what yep. the fuck is that? It's so, it's weird, isn't it? It's so weird. You know, Dice is notorious for improving defenders. We saw it with Michael Keane and you know Ben May and Tarkowski, obviously. But Connor Cody's gone backwards. It's it's such a strange one. Um, they, I feel like they've uh, oh, yeah, they, on, they've been on a. I feel like they've just been on a a slow slope of a decline. Like even Tarkowski's not as good as he was at the beginning of the season when we were holding this sort of little record that we had of conceding the least amount of goals yeah um and I, and I feel like he we it could even be a case of just that you know even though they're probably the most too trustworthy and the fittest center ass we've got that one of them needs dropping or just resting if you don't want to use mm. the word drop um like Andrew said putting Godfrey in um Graham would probably hate that idea and probably <laughs> mean but I <laughs> I, I think it, it. I just think it would help for at least one game, just to just a rest, even. Yeah. Uh, because it, it just feels like now that we're starting to get to that point where it's like Cody's got that mistake in each game, whether it's like an own goal or it's yeah. a, it, or it is just the fact that we've just got no pace across that back four at all. Mm. Yeah. Well, it could be down to the fact, obviously, before Cody came to us, and this is the reason why he wanted the move, was because he was just sitting on the bench at Wolves just before he came to us. So maybe it's a case of we threw him in and now he's a little bit tired. Um, Lee, what would you do in that in that situation, mate? Would you, do you like the idea of Godfrey I, or Yerimina? Yeah, I, do you know what? I never thought of that. I actually like that idea of what Andrew said, throwing him a left centre-half, basically. Yeah. Put Tarkovsky on the right, because... I know Shane's just said there, like resting one of them. I don't think you can rest or drop Tarkovsky. No, he's been he's been solid. I mean, mm. you watch that second goal, and he nearly tripped over Cody because it's like he knows that, that. And the worst thing about that goal is that's not even Wendy's strongest foot. Yeah, he done him. He done Connor Cody on Connor Cody's stronger side mm. on his weaker side. Yeah, that yeah, and, he, got, he got planted. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Cody was obviously played the full game and Wendy came on fresh off the bench. And yeah. He always seems to score against us, but mm. it's still no excuse. Yeah. And I mean, for the majority of the season, Cody's been solid, but we've said it for weeks and weeks now. Defence, whether they are, whether they're fit enough or not, or whether they're good, we have got options in defence. And we've yeah. got options once Garner comes back. We've got options in midfield. Yeah. So if someone's not performing or it's not working, at least Dice has got them tools. Mm. Maybe not the best tools, but he's got tools to change it up. Yeah. So no, I actually do like that idea. Never thought of that because everyone's been saying about Godfrey at left back. But yeah. He obviously is left footed, so he can. Well, he's right footed, but he can play. He plays very well on the left side. Yeah. Which is weird, yep. you know, he plays better on the left, even though he is right. Yeah. It's a strange one. Um, what about just throwing him in at left back to, to try and cope with Saka? Yeah, I can. I, I don't think that's going to happen, not just yet. Mm. Because even though Michalenko hasn't been playing well, 
I don't think Michalenko has been like the reason why we've conceded goals. Unless he makes a glaring, obvious mistake where he gets done, which he did a few weeks ago, but yeah. seems to recover a little bit after that. I can't, I, I can't really see him getting dropped. Mm. I mean, as Graham has been going on for weeks, and a few other people, Vanagre can't even get in the team. So no. Michalenko must be doing something good in training yeah. for for Lampard and now Dice mm. to carry on picking them. I, I think, yeah. Well, I was just going to say, I think Mikalenko's game is he plays better when his back is to the wall and he's trying to yeah. just defend in our own box and just get clearances in because when he's like halfway up the field and the ball comes over, he does get done. So when he's having to spin back around, then we're banging in trouble. He doesn't deal with it at the first opportunity, um, which is where, you know, Godfrey could come in handy, I feel like, at the Emirates is. And, and he's got the pace to get back. Mikalenko doesn't have the pace to get back. But um, Shane, what's your thoughts on, on that, mate? No, yeah. Um, I, I mean, majority of the fan base have been calling out for it for weeks. Yeah. Uh, that's all I really see on Twitter anyway. It's just that Godfrey needs to go at left-back. It, mm. it feels like a more solid option. Um, another one I, I, I was talking about as well the other night, and... Was was um, and, and some people might think that it's too late now to start experimenting or whatever. But just to see whether you know, Gay is another one of those that because we haven't got Ghana back yet, it feels like we're being forced to use these players when yeah. they're not in any form at all. Yeah, it's just just seeing what how Holgate does as, as a holding midfielder, whether he stays as a six or like you said, if we play, if we were to play a four uh, four two three one, that he's Next to Onana, yeah. Um, I don't so think he would be too just... bad at that. We seen him against West Ham away last season, and he done pretty solid. And he actually scored in that game as well. I feel like yeah, because sometimes you feel like you can't. I mean, at the end of last season, he sort of come to form before he got injured. But mm. sometimes it feels like you can't. Like if you were to have a centre half partnership with him and Godfrey or Mina and stuff, maybe it'd be different with Tarkovsky or Cody. Yeah. That he's not reliable enough. Um but as a holding midfielder where he's got people behind him and then he's got, you know, midfield help in front of him as well. Like um I, I feel like it could be an option. Uh, like I say, even if it is just a maybe not against Arsenal, but uh, just just something that I thought as well. But yeah. Um I mean, I feel, I feel Holgate like... is Hol- Holgate is David Louise without the free kicks. Like he's he's not quite a centre half, but he doesn't kind of fit into midfield. He's a bit of both. You know what I mean? Yeah. Minus the free kicks, obviously, because he can score for shit. But and he um, is a bit of a wind up as well. He is. He's got that shit house in him, hasn't he? Um yeah. Which is which is not bad, but at the same time, he he does do it in in the wrong time sometimes, and he gets us more into trouble than he does wind them up. Um, yeah. So, I don't know. Um, we'll have to wait and see. But, yeah, that was our little Arsenal preview. And um, hopefully we can get back on. And, and you know, I'd, I'd take a draw just as long as we don't get absolutely battered. I think a draw would be an absolutely solid result at the at the Emirates. Um, by no means is this a free hit. I, I don't believe in such things as a free hit. Um, the fixtures coming up now are, are really, really tough. So, I feel like if we can get a draw... That would that would feel like a win for me. I don't know about how you feel. Yeah, well, taking four points off the 
what possibly could end up being the champions of England. Yeah. I mean, it's a shame we can't take any points off anyone else at the moment. <laughs> yeah, would well, be nice. No, I'd be happy with a draw massively. Yeah, definitely. It's just more of a like a confidence thing, I think, as well. Like you say, if you don't get battered, you go out and put a good performance in and it's a nil-nil or it's a draw or we nick a win. Mm. Um, going into these games that we've got where we've got this short window where we've got Chelsea, Spurs and United in. Um, I mean, Chelsea are not doing well at all, but, um, you know, those games and these games, this back end of the season can go either way, but... yeah. Yeah, I, I just think it's massive for confidence that we just don't get battered. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But I feel like away for away from home, uh, you know, Dice Dice had his number the last time that it could be, you know, less pressure on the lads uh, yeah. away from home. Mm. So you never know. Could be, Andrew. How do you feel? Do you, do you see this one as a free hit, considering that you know we we are in the bottom three right now? Like, no, I don't. <laughs> I want it to be, but I, I like Shane's strategy of not in the face. Yeah. Um, but I would say <laughs> this is probably weirdly one of the most winnable of that bunch because, like you said, Spurs, Chelsea United. What I see happening is Chelsea will sack Potter right before us, of course. Yeah, of course. So yeah. let's see. The city sanctions will happen right at the wrong moment. <laughs> and then Bully hires Pep, and then we're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> he also signed and then, Danny Ings and he scores a hat trick. Right, that too. So yeah, this is the one we win. Fuck it. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully we're right. Um, should I even bother doing score predictions? Or, I mean, you can go for it, Lee. Do you want to start on that? Three one. <laughs> yeah, I I done three one Arsenal on my super six. But I'm gonna be a bit more positive on this. I'm gonna say one all. Uh yeah, I'll I'll go with one one as well. Uh, Shane, what about you, mate? I'm just gonna go nil nil. Keep a nil, clean nil. sheet and we can't score any goals. So Yeah, that that would be nice actually. No nil. <laughs> Andrew, three one, which way? Three one, baby. Uh Jorginho <laughs> penalty. Saka does Michelenko. And um let's see what else. Michael Keane on uh, goal. Yeah, now Odegaard, Odegaard worldy. Yeah. And well, then, have you uh, seen our last five um five results? Lost 2 0, 1 1 0, lost 2 0, 1 1 0, lost 2 0. So, by that account, we're winning 1 0, boys. Yeah, yeah, got it. And Maybe. Dice just got a good record against Arthur as well. Yeah, there yeah. we go. Well, Get the but that, on always one, usually, <laughs> that always usually goes against Everton when we come into these games. It's you know, a player hasn't scored for so long, or a manager hasn't won so many times against our manager, and it's just it's. You know, there's yeah. a 16 year old who's making his debut. Go on, you mm. can have a goal. So, we're trying to stay up and optimistic. <laughs> <laughs> it's tough, but hopefully, we can be back uh, with the reaction and a nice positive result and, and a bit of tactical analysis as to how we got there. That would be the dream. But yeah, Andrew, Lee, Shane, thank you so much for joining me, and uh, we'll see you in the next one. Now it's time for a quick word about our sponsor, Manscaped. Big thank you to the guys over at manscaped.com for sending some products for us to check out. Manscaped are the best in the business when it comes to men's below-the-waist grooming products. I can tell you from my own personal experience, I've used it on my beard actually, and I'm blown away 
by how cool and how good this lawnmower 4.0 is. You really do make precision engineered tools for your family jewels. And it basically looks like an F117 stealth bomber for your balls. It looks that good and comes with its own little wireless charging stand, which looks like something Batman would use. So yeah, it's pretty sick. The performance package 4.0 has arrived and it's a game changer. Inside you'll find a lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the weed whacker for your ears and nose, crop reserver ball deodorant, crop reviver toner, performance boxes and the travel bag to hold all that good stuff. The ball deodorant especially guys is an absolute game changer by the way, you need it, trust me. The lawnmower 4.0 is the future of grooming and it's waterproof. Their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The lawnmower 4.0 also has a 4000K LED spotlight if you need a more precise shave. The performance package 4.0 also includes the weed whacker nose and ear, and ear trimmer. And the weed whacker is also waterproof and also has manscaped skin safe technology as well which helps reduce nicks, snags and tugs in those delicate nose holes. The Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner will change the way you approach your hygiene routine. Trust me when I say this, your balls will thank you. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped box, Boxes and the Travel Bag. It's time to take care of yourself, so join over 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. With this exclusive offer for you, get 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code EAW20 at manscaped.com. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you for listening to the Everton Army podcast. If you like what you've heard, then please share it with your blue friends and family. And don't forget to rate, subscribe and review the show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It really does help us out as we build this thing up. You can always catch us on Twitter by searching for at EAW podcast. And if you have anything else you'd like to discuss, you can reach us via email at EAW podcast at gmail.com dot com.